0: Hey, this is Taylor Strickland. I'm one of the pastors at Second Baptist Church West Campus, and this is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today. I hope this message teaches you, inspires you, and strengthens your faith. To learn more about our Second Students ministry, just check us out on Facebook and Instagram. Search Second Students West. Enjoy the podcast. Good morning, guys. Um, So we're just going to start it off today with Scripture. If you guys have your Bibles with you, um, flip to James chapter 3. We've been in James um, this past series. So James chapter 3, verses 2 through 9. If you have your Bible apps, I'm allowing you to pull those out um, and on your Bibles. So uh, we're going to have it on the screen as well. It says, verse 2, we all stumble in many ways. If anyone is never at fault, and what he says, he is a perfect man, able to keep his whole body in check. When we put bits in the mouths of horses or make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal or take ships, for example. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole person, sets the whole course of his life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and creatures of the sea are being tamed and have been tamed by man, but no man can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. Then verse 9 says, With the tongue we praise our Lord, and Father, and with it we curse men who have been made in God's likeness." So, today we're going to be talking a little bit about words. Um, If you didn't get that by taming of the tongue, we're going to be talking about words, what we say, how we say it. Um, In verse 6, James says, in verse 6, James says, "Um, The tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole person, sets the whole course of his life on fire and it sets, it itself is set on fire by hell." So that kind of made me think, that's like a really great analogy for our words, for what we say, how we speak. Um, And I went online and I looked at the National Park Service's website and it said that over 96% (coughs) of wildfires are set by people. So that 4% might be like a lightning strike or it might be just like a weird accident where the sun hits something just right and it set something on fire, but over 96% of wildfires are set by humans, fires that go for miles and miles and that sometimes take days or even weeks to put out. So we've seen the effects that wildfires can have. Like if you followed the wildfires in California, they have one often. They have a lot of wildfires over there, so if you follow the effects of it, um, it's scary. I mean, people lose their homes, people lose their lives to this wildfire that's just going through the state and getting these houses. And it's not just the it's not just the fire that's the scary part, it's also the smoke. It's the smoke that they can't go outside for days, they have to wear masks, not just for COVID, but just so that they can breathe okay air. Um, and so it was a cool analogy to me that James brought that in, is your words can be like a fire. A little spark can set a lot on fire. Um, but we've also seen the good that fire's done. done. Um, I know I've talked about the freeze before, but a couple of weeks ago, you'll know that it was really, really cold and we lost power and we lost water and all of that stuff. But we had fireplaces to keep us warm. It's contained fire. We had fireplaces to keep us warm. We had candles to give us light. We had gas stove tops or gas grills or charcoal grills. We had those to give us warm food um, and to give us food. I mean, I thought I was prepared. I honestly thought I was prepared for the freeze. I was like, whatever happens, I'm good, because I went to the grocery store and I got water and I got canned food. And I realized when the power went out that all the canned food we got was pastas, was soup, was like SpaghettiOs, and that stuff, okay, I, I'm, I'm not a picky eater, but when that stuff's cold, it just it doesn't taste good. So pro tip, if you're preparing for a natural disaster or any kind of disaster, you need to go get a ton of cans of food, get canned veggies, maybe like green beans, corn, something that tastes like okay cold, because that ravioli was not good. Um, but we also had the water boil. Uh, we needed to use heat and fire to do that. So it contained fire, can be helpful. Contain fire um, is good um, to keep us warm, to do all those things. The analogy James gives us helps us understand the impact of our words. Um, our words can be used to set wildfire, a small spark that can be harmful, that can turn into a national emergency, or it can be used for good. It can use, be used for sustenance or to bring life. Um, and Proverbs 16.24 says, Pleasant words are a honeycomb, sweet to the soul, and health to the bones. So you can, you can let your words run like a wildfire and be this, this awful thing that can hurt people, that can be hard, that can make people want to distance themselves from you. Or you can use your words um, to bring warmth, to bring light, to bring sustenance and celebration. And all of that can be done with just one spark, either way. And so reading this part of James and learning to tame the tongue reminded me of something James had said earlier. I know we've been going through the book of James, I don't know, I think we talked about this two weeks ago, but James chapter one, verse nine says, everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Um, And that... That just kind of summed up this part that we're reading about today. It kind of summed up taming the tongue and what that looks like and how to do that practically. Because I know a lot of times we hear things here and we're like, okay, great, that's good, that's good, that's good. And then we go out into the week and it's just something we heard and that's it. But I think this verse in James chapter 1, verse 19 is really important for us to learn about taming our tongues. So the first part of that is to be quick to listen. If you're taking notes, this is number one. Be quick to listen. Um, And I know we're talking about talking, but (laughs) I think most of talking is actually having to sit down and listen. And for me, I I get trapped in this thing where instead of listening, I'm like listening halfway and I'm like, oh my gosh, she said this, I need to like figure out what I'm gonna say next and I have to plan this and oh my goodness, she's gonna think this is so cool and by the end of like this thought process, I can't even hear what the person is saying when they're talking to me. Um, I've been guilty of that, I don't know if you guys have, Um, I'm like kind of putting myself out there. But that's one thing that we can do when we're listening sometimes. Another thing is we can be more concerned about expressing ourselves, about telling our opinions, about saying this is what I believe or this is what I saw on Netflix and you just don't really listen. Um, And the third thing is instead of worrying about how our words can be received, a lot of times we're more intent on being right. And if that's not 2021, if that's not culture today, I don't know what it is. A lot of times we stop listening because we're like, I'm right, you're wrong. I don't need to hear what you have to say. And I I, I think the best way to combat that is to understand that God made everybody different, that God gave us these diversities, that God gave us these different experiences and these different cultures and ideas and um all this diversity he gave us different opinions to be pushed and to be stretched in our faith to see how good God is and what he's done in the lives of others and what he can do in our lives and what he can do in lives of others and I think not worrying about how our words are received but just listening listening and being there and a lot of people have just never been listened to before Never just had somebody sit there, not think about what they're going to talk about next, but just hear what they have to say. So be that person. Be quick to listen. The second is being slow to speak. Um, I, thought, or I saw an acronym somewhere that I thought this would be really cool to talk about being slow to speak, and it's pause. Um, just like pausing the TV, pause. You need to pause when you're li- or when you're being slow to speak. So the first letter of pause is P, um, and this is a pretty obvious one. P is for pause, pause before you respond. Don't just jump into responding and say, oh my gosh, yes, 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 this, this, and this, but take a second, process what the person that is talking to you has to say to you, and then respond. Have that gap, have that awkward silence just for a second so that you can accurately respond, that you can respond in a way that means that you listened. Um, The next letter is A. Affirm what that person just said. Say, let them know that you've been listening. Kinda hint towards what they said. I heard what you said, that's so cool. And affirm what they said. What I heard you say was this. Um, You, understand. Understand before you respond. Um, If you don't understand what was just said, just ask ask them for clarification. I think this is something that I catch myself doing a lot. I don't take the time to understand what the person is saying. I I just I, I pretend I know what they're talking about and I move on cuz a lot of times my pride gets in the way and I'm like, "Oh, I I I heard what you said. Haha, <laughs> yeah, that was good." Even though I don't understand what they have to say. And I know I know most people are okay with you just saying, hey, can you clarify that? Hey, can you, like, let me know a little bit more about that so I can understand what you're saying and I can speak in a well manner? S, speak slowly. <laughs> That's something I'm not really good at doing. Um, I'm A lot of times I'm in such a hurry to, like, let you know what's happening. I talk really fast. I'll just... Um, just say everything. And I I call it word vomit. I know vomit's not a pretty word to hear from stage. I'm sorry. That's, (laughs) Um, but I just talk and I talk and I talk. And at one point, my brain kind of disconnects from my mouth and it just keeps rambling on without me. And I'll like listen into what I'm saying. And I'm like, why am I saying that? That has nothing to do with anything. And so a lot of times you just kind of have to slow down the way you speak so that you can just avoid running off on to different trails and everything. Um, and then last is E. E for pause. E is encourage. Encouragement is in short supply these days. I know everybody says, be kind, be kind, but a lot of times we aren't. A lot of times we don't encourage people and say, wow, thank you for talking to me. Thank you for giving me that perspective. Even if it doesn't match what I believe, thank you for talking to me about this. Um, and something that kind of pops into my head whenever I think about encouraging somebody at the end of the conversation or in the middle of a conversation um, is one time I was sitting in a coffee shop um, in Israel, because that's where I'm from, um, we've talked about this before, but I was sitting in a coffee shop and I saw this Jewish man talking to this um, talking to this Muslim man. And I, I know if you know anything about Israel, Middle East conflict, Jews and Muslims aren't supposed to get along, So I was sitting there and they were yelling at each other, they were screaming, they were saying, you're wrong, blah, 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 they were like fighting about something. And then at the end of the conversation, they both got up, they hugged each other and they said, let's do this again next week, like I love you, this is great, this is so good. Because having that perspective, having somebody who believes the exact opposite of you is so enriching, it can give you so much experience without actually having to experience something and it can Again, give you such a rich faith in God and give you such a rich idea of the world of listening to people who might not have the same ideas and beliefs as you. So pause. Pause, affirm, understand, speak slowly, and encourage. And then the last part of that verse in James, James chapter 1, verse 19, is being slow to anger. I know it's so easy to speak with our emotions. It's so easy to speak how we're feeling, when we're feeling, just kind of let it all out. It's really freeing sometimes, but (laughs) just check your emotions when you're talking. I need to tell myself that because driving in Houston traffic is kind of rough. I call a lot of people idiots. It's not very nice. (laughs) Um, But ask yourself these questions. What is happening when you usually lose your temper? Who are you with when you're tempted to gossip? What is going on in your life when you find yourself cursing. And write down the details of each time this happens. I know it sounds silly, like I got mad, I said a bad word, like it's just a one-time thing, it's fine. But figuring out the root of why you said what you said, what emotion you were feeling when you said it is so important to having control of what you say and having control of the way you behave and having control of that fire instead of letting it run wild, controlling it so that you can have warmth, so you can exude sustenance and warmth and love And doing all of that. Um, and in verse 9, it says, um, chapter 3, verse 9, it says, with a tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse men who have been made in God's likeness. And so I think taking this away, taking these steps to be um, quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to anger can remind you that these people are made in God's image, that these people are people that God loves more than anything else. And even if it's the meanest person in the world who just said the meanest thing to you, to take time to slow down and to speak with love and to speak with compassion and to speak with something they might not have ever heard in their life before. So just take those practical steps and take those into your week and see how you contain your tongue and speak with love.